All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, October 24th of 2022, wrapping up the week seven of NFL tonight with a Monday night football showdown. Got some basketball going on. I think we got some hockey going on. So, you know, like like we've said before, best time of the year for DFS. For those of you who are new here, Welcome. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, talks DFS strategy, any tips and advice that you guys want to talk about. Get your questions in in our Discord under the Office Hours channel. If you're not a member of our Discord, there's a link in the description below. And if you have any questions that you're thinking about now, go ahead and throw them in the YouTube chat. Once we get through all of the Discord questions, we will get to all of the questions in the YouTube chat. Got a lot of questions today that came in over the weekend. I know my man Jordan Chan was back on Friday doing office hours for you guys. Happy that he was able to step in in my absence on Friday, but we're back at it again today, ready to kick things off. One thing that we got to do before we get going is talk about the weekly max challenge. For those of you who do not know what our weekly max challenge is, it is a giveaway that we started last NFL season. Doing it this NFL season, what you got to do is you got to max out the mini max on DraftKings. I'm going to pull it up here so you should be able to see all of the rules. So max out the mini max on DraftKings, wear the SaberSim avatar, Fill out our form and you will be entered to win all of our awesome prizes week to week. What I can say is that we had not one, but two people win the mini max this week. And it was not a duped lineup. So for those of you who do not know, you know, the mini max tends to fill pretty fast. If you guys, you know, miss out on the action, they usually open up another mini max. So you can, you know, still enter one of those and get in on the action. We want everyone to participate and don't want to let anyone feel left out. So not only did, let me check. I believe it was J11.5 win the big flagship mini max Stimpy. 43 also won the mini max as well. Congratulations to both of you. You guys are going to win a where is it? Bonus for winning the mini max, one free year of Sabersim Advanced, a custom championship belt, and a dedicated max challenge spot in the winner circle. Congratulations to both of you. Glad to see Sabersim users continuing to kill it. Our that makes three mini max winners so far this season. Going to get an awesome championship belt just like this one. I can confirm that 12 pack abs, you know, his is already being worked on and sent out. Hopefully, when he receives it, he'll post some pictures so everyone can see what uh, they are looking forward to if they get do indeed win the mini max. So, you know, that wraps up our winners for the week. We're going to do the giveaway right now which is the free entries to next week's mini max. And we're going to be doing a special second giveaway. So there was a person who won a winner circle, uh 10k tier. And this person has decided that he wants to pay it forward and give his three free months of saber sim to another user. So we will be spinning the wheel on the second time for three free months of saber sim advance courtesy of a mystery winner circle person. So thank you to the person for being so generous. 
and we are going to go over to our wheel of names. And we had 140 people max enter the mini max this week. We're going to hit shuffle a couple times, get the names uh, jumbled up a little bit. If you want to, you know, confirm that you are indeed on this list, we post a link to the names for everyone who max entered this week in the discord in the office hours channel. I linked it when we went live. So go ahead and check that out. I am very sure we're very thorough to make sure we get everyone in this uh, list. So with that being said, this is for the tickets to next week's mini max. And the winner is Spence building epic problem. Congratulations. Epic problem. You are the winner for this week for the giveaway for the tickets to next week's mini max. We will reach out to you after the stream and uh, let you know you have one epic problem. So we're going to do the second giveaway here for the three free months, hit the shuffle a couple times and spin it again. Let's see who our winner is. And the winner is it's close. Nopticopter, Nopticopter, congratulations. Three free months of SaberSim Advance coming your way. We will also reach out to you. That wraps up our week seven of our weekly max challenge. It is not too late to get in on the action. Still plenty of prizes to be won. So I encourage everybody to continue to participate. Start participating if you're not. We're giving away prizes all season and uh, I will look forward to uh, week eight. So that being said, everybody, we're going to jump back over to SaberSim and get going on the questions today. Had a lot of questions come in over the weekend. Should be a full stream here. So with that being said, we are going to pull up SaberSim right here, and we are going to get going on these questions. Had a couple questions come in from support over the weekend as well. So we're going to start with these support questions. That way I don't forget them. And we're going to get Saberson pulled up. And the first question that came in from support is a pretty good one here. So we're going to start with this one. And I'm going to put it in the chat. Question says, when I hear pro players say they just know what they are looking for in each and every lineup, they choose is there like certain criteria to be on the lookout for is there some generic thing we should know so not sure who this question came in from but you know whoever it is we'll get your recording after the stream and and get that sent back over to you i think it's a fair question for sure um you know it's a very i'll say like process based question just because i think that some players value certain things over another player who might value other things more. So like, for instance, you know, our partners run pure sports had a stream earlier today where big T and brick 75 were both on the stream and they're known as two very different players. Brick is more like uh stats based and model based and big T is more of like a field player. So like, you know, that's an example where like two people both, Pro players, very good. On opposite sides of the spectrum, one thing might matter so much more to one person, while a different thing might matter so much more to another person. So I think what it really comes down to 
is that, you know, you have to understand your own process. You have to have a process that's repeatable that you can do night after night. And hopefully, I mean, ideally one that is profitable that way, you know, like, okay, you know, I've won, you know, over this period of time doing this thing. I'm not saying don't make adjustments or tweaks to your process, but like the core principles of your process are consistent. And then you can understand, you know, what are the things you value that you think give you an edge? Is it, is it ownership? Is it uh lineup construction? Is it like the, the type of stacks you're using? Is it like some, some correlation component? And, you know, these are things that like SaberSim tries to, uh, value for you. So if you go like to our slider settings, you know, we're on like, uh, an NFL showdown slate, but let's, let's hover over to, to basketball for tonight. I think, you know, like a classic slate will give us like a little better understanding. So, you know, like we, we value correlation at a certain level. We value ownership fade at a certain level. And we also, uh, value SIM diversity at a certain level. And, you know, these are back tested levels and and settings that that we've spent time and resources to try and dial in to the best of our ability and you know what i can say is like you know adjusting these aren't gonna be like a huge value add for you but you know if you're like in step three and and you're spot checking your lineup so you know let's just like run a couple lineups so so we can look at some lineups which was like the root of the question i think that you know as like a mme player like a mass multi-entry you're building you know 150 sets uh you know 300 uniques whatever it's going to be like really impossible to like look lineup by lineup and kind of find those things i think you know our new men unique players feature is like a huge value add and saves a lot of time it's like really tedious to say like okay you know this one lineup has like Lori McCainan and Kelly Olenek with Bam, but then this lineup like doesn't. They they like swapped Bam for this other player. And my, are my lineups like clustering? Are my lineups uh, too? The are the combinations too repeatable? I think you know this men unique players here solves that problem really well about getting diversity between your lineups. I think like the best thing you can do is to try and find lineups that are similar EV that are neutrally correlated to one another in your portfolio to give you more chances to win throughout a night rather than like winning all the money or winning none of the money. I think that, you know, just like looking at a lineup, like from my own, my, my own perspective and I'm, I'm nowhere near like pro level high stakes uh, level. I consider myself like lower to mid stakes tier player, but you know, I'm not like, okay, you know, I'm usually building like 150 lineups, my seventh lineup and my 95th lineup are like too close. Like, no, I don't know. I don't have the time to sit here. Neither can my brain balance all of these things together. Um, maybe some people can and, and good for them. But I would say, you know, just have a process where you kind of know the things that are important to you and you can always like spot check your constructions, spot check your stacks, um, look at, you know, like the ownership of your players. I'm not saying like some ownership is like a great metric, but, you know, it's like something you can look at. So, 
you know, you can look at like your exposures. Are you just like all in on some players uh, or, or, you know, really like maybe too far spread out. So just some things to think about. I think when you hear personalities in the space talk about, oh yeah, my lineups look great. It's, it's not as fine tooth lineup by lineup as you might think. I don't think there's like any specific thing that every single player is looking at different players value different things. So I think that's the best way to look about it, but happy to talk about it further. If anyone has any follow up there and then moving on to our second question that came in through support, going to get this one into the chat. This one says how to pick NBA lineups and advice for after hours slash short slates. Okay. So I'll start with the after hours slash short slates ones because I think those are a little more interesting. Those are usually like the turbos or the night slates. A lot of the times these slates will, I, I believe it's the turbos do, don't have late swap. These are like slates where, you know, it's only games that start at that particular time. I think in, you know, situations like this, it's really important to like, be at your building area really close up until lock because you're not going to have the opportunity to take advantage of late swap. So instead you're going to have to like capitalize on any like breaking news really close to st the slate starting. I think that in a sport, in a, in a contest type like turbos, um, you could come at it from like a couple different approaches. Like the, the late swap edge is gone. So where do you get your edge? I think that's the question like you need to kind of solve. Are you really aggressive with your ownership and the ownership stance you take? Is that how you want to be aggressive? Or like, do you want to play a lot of lineups and get really spread out and hope one of those lineups kind of gets there? So it depends like what kind of player you are. I think those are like two spectrums, sides of the spectrum to kind of approach turbos from. Me, myself, I'm typically a little more of an aggressive player. So I might approach a turbo by saying, you know, okay, you know, there's no late swap. I want to get really aggressive on a couple of spots that I think are undervalued and that I think um, I could get a lot of edge from. And that will make my nights a lot more boomer bust if I'm playing turbos. So it's not something I do regularly, but if I were to play a turbo, that's how I would do it. Or you could play the, you know, long-term approach of, you know, I'm going to go into turbos. I'm going to set my min uniques as high as I feel comfortable with how far down I go in my pool, try and spread out, try and get a lot of shots on goal. And hopefully I can take down a contest and, and do it in a little more risk averse way. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with either of those approaches, but just some thoughts on like those uh, turbo smaller slates and uh, how, how I would approach it some other ways you can approach that as well. And then, um, you know, for the, for the first part of the question, how to pick NBA lineups. Um, you know, I think like a lot of the lineups, especially toward the top of your pool, I'd say are a lot closer in EV than you might think. And what I would say is that, you know, really like try and get as many men uniques as you can. I think with something Jordan likes to, as like a guardrail is like, Try and stay within like the top 25% of your pool of lineups. And um, just it's it's more of, you know, 
just be careful that you're not overvaluing men uniques and getting really low lineups in your pool where either like they're not using that much salary, they're really low projected, or um, just like not not the best lineup overall. So I would say, you know, use men uniques to the point where, you know, you're not using all of the lineups in the bottom of your pool and, you know, use that like 25% ish mark as like a guardrail as like a point where you need to start kind of looking at what the lineups in the bottom of your lineup pool look like and, and see where, where you feel comfortable, like spot checking some of the bottom lineups and saying, are you okay playing this? So that's, that, that's my advice for picking NBA lineups out of your lineup pool. And one last question here from support, and then we're going to hop over to Discord and get going with the Discord questions. So this one says, my one question, since your lineup builder is simulating a game to develop lineups, if we decide to completely fade a player at a certain position, i.e. injury concern, do we need to increase projections for other players on the team at that position, or will the simulator account for that? Okay, really good question here. So, so, you know, it really sounds like the, like the root of the question is like, Hey, um, let's find a questionable player. So we're going to go down here. Okay. Um, Sengun is questionable for Houston. So let's go over to Houston. So what it sounds like the players asking is like, Hey, you know, let's say, uh, Sengun is, is questionable and I don't want to like, I want to, I want to build for a situation where, he is indeed out. If I uncheck him from my player pool, will the builder treat it as if he's out and run Sims with him out? So the question, the answer to the question is, is no. So as of right now, if we were to run lineups, every time we ran it for Houston, he would be in the lineup and he would have a, you know, projected point output in the Sim we just would never put him into your lineups. So like you would have to either X him out. And then, you know, if you think that Garuba is going to directly replace him one for one and get all of those minutes, then you could bump Garuba up to accumulate some of his points. But until he is actually marked out and like known to be out is the moment where we will mark his status to out rerun sims with the new group of available players and redistribute points and minutes and ownership from that point so just by marking him out in the app you aren't changing the sim inputs per se because i mean really because you know you're choosing to mark him out but other players other saber sim users you know aren't doing that same thing and and there's only like one bucket of, of sims for for everybody so uh that's that's how that works I, that's why like being around in nba season to take advantage of situations where a player is indeed marked out and somebody on the else on the team becomes a huge value add is is really important but just as a clarification a player is not out in the sims until they are marked out like officially by the team and will remain in the Sims even if they have a questionable tag, even if you uncheck them from your own player pool. So that's the answer to that question. If anyone else listening has any follow-up, let me know. But we're going to check him back in here. 
and then we are going to hop over to Discord. So I know Jordan was on on Friday. I saw a question come in a little later on Friday, so I'm going to get this one in the chat here. If it's a duplicate, I apologize, but I, I just I want to make sure I didn't miss anybody's questions here. So this one came in from uh, ADM Perry, and it says, if this is giving away too much secret sauce, no need to answer, but to the extent you can, could you describe what's going on with the late swap simulations after a player is officially ruled out, i.e. NBA, but who SaberSim already has an out anyway? This is something I see all the time across the sports, but maybe a good example was the Sims of Memphis right after Dylan Brooks officially announced out, even though he was never in the lineup slash Sims to begin with. That thanks as always or likewise when the starting lineup comes out and it's exactly what was expected. Okay, so, you know, really similar, like, topic to kind of build on from the previous question. So happy this was the next one in the queue. And, you know, just just going back, you know, to the question, it says, you know, could you describe what's going on with the late swap simulations after a player is officially ruled out? So, you know, like we just talked about, as soon as, you know, will you send him for the sake of the conversation is ruled out, he is, you know, taken out of the available player pool and SaberSim understands the other players on the team and the depth chart and will uh, plug and play basically players based on him no longer being available. And we will run the Sims based on the players we have available, get new Sim outputs uh, for, you know, projection and ownership uh, all the stats will change, you know, minutes, percentiles, all of that good stuff. You'll be able to see the the outputs here. And, you know, this player is probably now a really good play because somebody else was ruled out. I mean, it's there's no, you know, secret sauce other than, you know, we're, we're taking the out player out and we're rerunning the Sims with the available players. We, um, you know, understand people's... Uh, minutes and, and histories and all of that good stuff. So no, no secret sauce there. That's, that's really how it works as far as like, you know, when the Sims run. So, you know, the news comes out, we're really quick at getting that new information into our database and processing it and running Sims are Sims, especially for NBA are really fast. I would say, you know, if you're in the discord, keep an eye on the NBA lineup alerts the a channel is set up to pull in tweets from the underdog NBA account, which is really, really fast. And then you can see when new Sims start, you can see when new Sims finish in, in discord. And then also this last updated up here, I would say if you see a Sim finish in discord, you know, hit the update projections here, this timestamp will update just as it just did. So, you know, before it said two Oh two and it said, you know, our last Sim completed at two twenty. The Discord will give you information about for what teams it ran for. And then this will tell you, you know, how up to date your projections are. And then also remember, you know, when an NBA uh, lineup is released, you will get check marks for the teams that lineups are indeed confirmed for. So that's that's my best advice there. Let me know if you have any follow up. And we are going to hit this next question from Aaron came in over the weekend. Looks like there was some back and forth on it already. People jumping in 
and engaging in conversation, but I'm just going to hit it anyways. Question says, hey, guys, when I sort my entry pool, does SaberSim fill them in order I sorted, or does it fill in the order they were imported? In other words, when I upload them, my 150 max is on top and single entry contests underneath. Does SaberSim fill the lineups using unique rank, let's say, from 150 max down, or ultimately, does SaberSim fill the contest entries how I have them sorted, single entries, then 150 max, if I sorted that way? Okay, so, you know, the answer is is pretty pretty basic, but I'm just going to uh, demo it live in case, you know, anyone's having any trouble following along. So let me just get an entries file loaded up here really quickly. And we're going to go over to the entry editor. And what what um, Aaron is asking is like, hey, you know, I, I imported my CSV into the entry editor. You know, the way it came in was, you know, kind of mumbo jumbo. If I want to fill unique rank, how will that work? So the answer is, you know, you can you can go into a build. So we're just going to run a couple lineups right here. And we're going to go through the filling process for your lineups. So let's get these builds, this build up and running, make a couple quick adjustments here just so we can see the lineups. So we're going to go to this fill entries green tab over here. And from this screen, you know, let's say we want to do unique rank. You can do a lot of things. You could sort by buy-in by just clicking on the buy-in header and it'll sort descending. It'll sort ascending. If you click it again, you can do the same thing for your entries. If you want to do all your single entries first, uh, or you could do, you know, you could sort opposite and do all your 150s first. You could sort by type if you're playing satellites and GPPs, whatever it may be. Or, you know, if you come over here, you can actually like grab and drag your contests around and be as manipulative as you want to be. So if you want to fill, you know, by by price pool, which we don't have in here, but you know the price pool of your contest, you can you can uh, sort them any any way you see fit. And then if you were to fill by unique rank. You know, let's just do by entries for the sake of this. So, you know, if I have 20 lineups and I'm feeling by unique rank, this top single entry will get the number one lineup, and then the next single entry will get the number two, the number three, the number four, the number five. Then we get to a three max. This will take the next three, and then it'll just keep following one through 20 and then uh, filling, like, over and over again in that in that same manner. So that's that's the way it'll work. You know, you have a lot of options about – different ways to fill your lineups. And then, you know, you can also drag the contest if you want to be very, very specific in the way you do that. So a couple options for you there, Aaron. Let me know if you have any follow-up. I wasn't able to read the 13 message thread on stream and I didn't. Um, so, so let me know if there's any follow-up there. All right. Mr. T said, is there a way to see all of the information relating to your builds on a cell phone? I'm finding that with the updates, the way the info is presented at the bottom of each team, you can't read all of the info. Okay, Mr. T, I'm going to make a note of this question and I will have to look on a cell phone after this stream. If I am able to find what you are referring to, I will screenshot it and create a thread and respond to you there. But, um, you know, let me get back to you after the stream. Not really able to pull up mobile at the moment and kind of display it for everybody. So I'll get back to you on that one. Made a note for myself here to check that out, but I'll respond in Discord. And going to move on to the next question here that came in from Larson. 
And Larson said, question about FanDuel Cash. My number one build with 100 Sabre score has a player that only appears in 4% of the optimal lineups. There is a similar projected value player with 30% of the Sims, but it brings my Sabre score down slightly. Should I swap them? Okay, Larson. So great question. I really think this is like important. And this is something that we plan on changing. I know we haven't been able to change it yet. So if you're playing cash, like across the board, any sport, any site, whatever it may be, when when you run a cash build, I would say always change your lineup sorting from Sabre score to projected score. So, you know, the answer to your question, like specifically is, yes, you should probably change it if the uh, projected score is like higher for the second lineup. So Sabre score is not as important in cash. In cash, you want to just pack in as many projected points as you possibly can. So, you know, it's like it, it it sorts the lineups by Sabre score by default. It is something that we plan on changing and something that was brought up to us just recently by a user. Um, so, so, you know, thank you for pointing it out. You know, I'm going to remind the team, you know, and just uh, put this on the log to get changed. But if you're playing cash, always come in here and change it from Sabre score to projected score. It's ultimately better for cash. So that's the answer there. Let me know if you have any follow-up. Going to move on to this next question that came in from Boss Hog 70 Question is, is there a way to set my overall ownership outcome before my build, not for individual player exposures, but overall lineup construction? So yes, Boss Hog, there is indeed a way to do that. And that is with our aggregate rules. So if you come over here to lineup rules and you click add a new rule, you, we have stack group aggregate. What you want to do is click on aggregate and then you would want to change this to, you know, my own sum or, you know, if you want to use like GeoMean, another great option, uh, you know, you want to say like no more than, I don't know, just, I don't know, 250, whatever, whatever you want to set this to, you can come in here. You could save the rule, and then now it would be applied to every lineup you run for every build as long as this check for the rule is indeed like activated. So that's how you do that. Let me know if you have any follow-up there. And I'm going to hit this next question from John, a.k.a. Jsync6. So John said, Hi, I just noticed I was not on the list for week five mini 150 DK entries. I have entered all weeks so far. Okay, John, thank you for the heads up. I will make a note of your comment here and I will take it back to the team and we will make sure that uh, to go back and, and check the CSV to make sure that you were indeed on there. So I will get back to you, create a thread and let you know once we have checked that out, but we'll be sure to get back to you for the giveaway. So no problems there. And then second question here from boss hog 70 said, I need some help. I reserved a total of 50 entries in DK in about six different contests. I built 50 lineups in Sabre. When I filled my contest, I just noticed that it repeated lineups in different contests. I wanted all 50 of my lineups spread out. How do I fix this? Okay. Good question. So in order to do that, what you would do, 
is that we're going to hop back to DK where we already built some lineups, kind of did an entry editor demo. So let's say, you know, um, let's see how many lineups I had. Uh, 258. So I have 258 lineups. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to change this to the number, change my number of lineups to the number of entries I had. So, you know, for you, it was 50. So you just make sure that this is on 50. And then what you would do is you would go to fill entries. You would make sure all of the contests are checked and you would use two options. You could either use unique rank or unique random. I personally like to use unique random. And then what I would do is hit fill entries that would make sure that every single lineup, because I have 258 in my number of lineups and 258 entries, every entry got at least one lineup and the entries get sorted randomly. So this top contest could be my 258th lineup. It, it, there's no particular order. If you want to be more specific, like we talked about earlier, and you want you know your number one lineup on your number of lineups to go into your top contest, you could fill unique rank and then it will fill it all the way down. So as long as the number of lineups is the same as your number of entries, then you will make sure to get a unique lineup in every single contest entry that you have for the night. So that's the way that works. And it looks like, uh, you know, Pippin Ain't Easy jumped in and and helped out a little bit. Appreciate you, Pippin, you know, helping them out where, where you could. But, um, you know, just wanted to give a demo for everybody so they could see how to indeed do that in the future. Okay. Moving on to a question here from Casey is here now in Discord. Casey said, the max players on a team works sometimes, but not all the time. The optimizer is putting four Bengals and four Cowboys on all my lineups, and I have the rule set to no more than three players per team. Okay. So, Casey, uh, not exactly sure like about your specific situation i would say if you run into issues like this the best place to put them is in the support channel or another great thing to do is that you know if you're building and you're in your session and you see that you know you you have a rule you're building it's not working the best thing you can do for us is to come up here and use this report a problem link type a quick description exactly what you sent in discord and this will give the team a lot of information about your session and help us troubleshoot what is going wrong further. So definitely the best way to go about that. What I can say is that since we've done the build speed updates, we've been having a little more issues with like meeting some of the exposures that people set. It's something that the team is aware of and it's something that we are working on resolving. So, you know, I would say just like, be a little flexible, treat your min and max exposures a little more like guidelines and be a little more accepting of like plus or minus five to 10% differences in your min and max exposures, just because the builder is going to make sure that you get positive EV lineups. And sometimes like the most positive EV lineups are ones that stray a little away from your exposures. If you're like really set on specific things, or you're just getting something completely opposite of what you want, the best thing I would suggest doing is one, increasing your pool size. So if you're building on a 500 lineup pool, increase this to 1500. If that is still not working, I would then suggest to start making projection updates for particular players of plus or minus 10% and seeing if that helps. And then, you know, adjusting the exposure, uh, adjusting the projection further if needed. But, you know, first things first, 
you know, try and get the exposures you want in the post build screen. That's not working. Increase your pool size. If that's not working, then start to adjust projections and start with small adjustments, which is why I recommended the 10%. That should be like the first step in trying to get what you want. If the builder is not giving you what you want at the moment until we resolve some of these exposure um, issues. So just a quick note for everybody there and going to hit this next question from Danny Pickham. And Danny said, in NBA, is it still 0010 for test builds? I assume if you run a straight build at regular settings, it's just simulating the contest or 0010 just making a diverse lineup optimals. Okay, so Danny, really good question here. I would say, you know, the point of, you know, running like a 0010 build in any sport really is like to not let the sim outputs be affected by correlation or ownership fade. You're really just trying to, you know, see what the sim thinks in single sim optimal builds, which is like what, what you're really like trying to accomplish with a 0010 build. I don't think it's wrong to run, you know, a 0010 or a test build. I think it depends like what goal you're trying to accomplish. Maybe you want to come in here and say, you know, okay, I want to know what just like the, the sim optimals are, no uh, correlation or ownership fade adjustments and just giving just like the results from the sim outputs, you know, 0010 would be a great thing to do to accomplish that task. If you want to say, hey, you know, I just want to like see what SaberSim thinks about the slate overall and, you know, take into account correlation and ownership fade and kind of tell me, you know, what, approach what angle that saber sim thinks is best to approach the slate before i start drawing any conclusions or opinions about tweaks that i want to make i would just run i would come in here i would just run a regular test build and kind of try and interpret what what the builder is giving me about where the best spots to attack are so i think that it depends on what your goal is i think there's a lot of different ways to come at a slate i don't think you always need to come at the slate from the same way that somebody else does. There's a lot of uh, paths to winning. And so, you know, if you're really looking for like those single slate optimals uh, for the, for a particular slate, you know, 0010 is your, is your best bet. So those are kind of the differences between running like uh quote unquote, like research build at 0010 or just like a standard test build, you know, tell Saber Sim, you know, run a build and just kind of interpret what the outputs are there. So that's like the difference between the two. Let me know if you have any follow-up there. We're going to hit this next question from TBK. And TBK said, can you get this in the chat? Good evening. I have a quick question by chance. Can you go over the process in step three after you build your lineups about going through your pool of 500 to get the best 20 lineups? I'm a little hesitant on picking lineups outside of the top 20 based on Sabre score. Okay, good question here. We're going to use the build that we ran for NBA. As you can see, we have 20 lineups. We have a pool of 500. What I will say is that, you know, don't overthink going deeper into your pool. It's totally okay. The The vast majority of these lineups are, are really good. And the reason I say that is because what happens, you go into the build screen, you pick your settings based on the contest that you're playing or building for you run your lineups. All the lineups get built. Then what happens is Saber 
Sim uses our own metric, Saber score, to judge the lineups after the fact. So the lineups get built and then they get ranked by Saber score. If you, you know, need a definition of what Saber score is, if you hover over Saber score, it'll kind of tell you, but it's basically our way of quantifying quantifying the impact of upside correlation and ownership on the strength of a lineup. So, you know, the most the most basic version there and what will happen is that, you know, what you can expect is that, okay, lineups at the top, Sabre score graded better, and then line, lineups at the bottom, Sabre score graded as worse. So that's why Jordan likes to, you know, use the metric of like, hey, try and stay as like a guardrail in like the top 25% of your pool. One, this depends on how many lineups you're building and how many lineups you're building for. So, you know, if you're building a pool of 500 but you're building for 150 max, you're already past 25%. So I think it's okay to go deeper into your pool. So that's not like a hard stopping point there. I would say, you know, it's totally okay to go deeper into your pool. I would try and get as many min uniques as, as, as you feel comfortable with. So like the way I like to do it is I like to increase my min uniques, which is just decreasing the inter lineup uh, or I'd say inter lineup diversity within your portfolio and i like to kind of spot check lineups at the bottom it's like you know is this a lineup i'm i'm comfortable playing or is this just like no i don't really want to play this lineup let's go you know back higher into my pool and and take lineups from from a higher point so you know we're just going to kind of like do this a little bit and and see how far we get so you know right here at four min uniques we can see that we don't even have enough lineups to to meet this criteria so we're going to go back two, three, and, you know, I'm going to scroll down to the bottom where three is. And, you know, to me, a, this lineup, I I'm not highly opinionated about it. I think it's like a totally okay lineup. So I would be more than comfortable playing rank 331 out of 500 in my pool. So I like, I think that's the best way to kind of treat lineups outside of your top 20. It's like, look at like the the lowest saber score lineup and and ask yourself if you're okay playing that the answer is no you know come in here and like maybe we'll do min uniques two and we're at lineup 195 and i'm a lot more comfortable playing these this set of lineups know that the exposures are going to be more concentrated as we can see you know we're getting 75 percent of olenic 68 percent of green and then when we increased this we got a little less of of both of those guys so you know that's definitely one way to go about it. Let me know if you have any follow-up there. Happy to talk more about it. So, and then TBK had a second question here. TBK said, I have another question. I did a review of my lineups from yesterday and from previous weeks for NFL DFS. In the future, should I build my lineups based off of the 95th percentile? By chance, can you go over when and how I should use the 95th percentile to build my lineups? Okay, good question here, TBK. And, you know, what TBK is referring to is, like, when you run a build, you can come over here and you can change the player projections to a essentially a custom projection, which is just their 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 percentile in the sim. So, you know, if you, for, for the sake of demonstration, I'm going to add in the player percentiles here so we can see what this is referring to. So what I did was I came in here, 
I set all of the players' projection to their 95th percentile projection, which we can see matches to what we see in the home screen. So, like, Olenek is set to 45.76, and his 95th percentile average projection was 45.8, which is just rounded to one decimal, not two. And what this will do is it will treat every player as if their new projection is this 95th percentile and re resort the lineups with this as their new projection. So we can see that like the lineups will indeed change when we do this, as opposed to if we just use the average. So I believe that one had like Tyrese Maxey, um, Jalen Green, Olenek, Markanian. So two jazz, two heat, and then a couple one-offs there. And then if we change this, we're going to see what lineup comes up. Oh, okay, so it did not indeed change it, but it just changed their new projected score. So so what should happen? And, you know, maybe like this lineup is just that good. Um, it, it has the potential to like resort the lineups, your top 150 lineups in your pool in a nutshell. I would advise against using this uh, tool. So, you know, what what we decided that was that, you know, like it doesn't take every single player to have their 95th percentile outcome for a lineup to have a 95th percentile outcome. And I think you could see this like by checking the lineups that are like winning the contest. Like not every person in the lineup has like the fire emoji, right? Like sometimes guys have like one snowflake in their lineup. Sometimes you have two players that have, you know, no symbol and they just, were able to get there with the average amount of points that, that they got and didn't have any special, you know, ceiling game had like closer to a 50th percentile outcome. So, you know, when you, when you sort this way, what you're saying is like every single player had their 95th percentile outcome. And we didn't think that was a good way to do that. So what we decided to do were to create new lineup sorting metrics, which is like, what we what we've teased and what we've been working on and are trying really hard behind the scenes to finish, which is the lineup percentiles metric. So that is coming down the road in the in in the very near future. Um, you know, still putting the 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 finishing touches on that, but basically it's it's a much better way of using the percentiles. I would advise against using this. Um, but if you're like really because all it is is you're you're just changing the projections. But, um, you know, I, I would stick with Sabre score for the time being. And then when the new lineup uh, sorting methods come out, I would definitely mess around with them and try them out. It's going to be a much better way of what this is ultimately trying to do. So, you know, stay tuned and we'll have more information on it. Uh, it is it is coming. And uh, I promise you guys that. So, all right. That does it for all of our questions in the Discord today. And we're going to be hopping over to YouTube chat. I saw plenty of questions coming in. So still got a long way to go in the stream, everybody. Uh, Jeff Manning said, if I have a core of four players in NBA, but I only want to see them in, say, 50% of my lineups, how would I do that? Okay. So good question here. Uh, what I would suggest doing is taking your core of players and maybe for 
demonstration. It's Embiid and Harden. And then we got to pick a couple cheaper guys here. So, so what I would do is I would set a min exposure to those players. Um, what I would, hmm, interesting, interesting concept here. So usually like when you have a core, what I would do is I would set like a group rule and then I would set, I would put the players in here that you want. So do a manual group rule and you would say Embiid, maybe Harden. Let's get like some value guys in there. Um, Olenek and we're going to use Usman for, for the sake of the example. And I would say, you know, use at least four from this core. And that would make sure like every player got into your lineup. Um, what you could do is you could add more players to your core. That way, like maybe you have, you know, eight guys that you want to see and it'll make it more likely that each player is used closer to 50% of the time than not then, you know, closer to 50% than, than a hundred, it'll be like a little more toward that spectrum. If you have like a bigger group of players that like you are really comfortable with having in your lineups, the, the other way that I was suggesting is that, you know, if you come in here and set a min exposure of 50 to a, a group of players, it's not certain that, you know, those players will be used together all the time. It, it's more likely they'll be used all the time together. So, you know, these like two methods are basically how you do it. There's no way to set a group rule that says like, hey, you know, only, only apply this rule to 50% of the lineups I build and then disable for the next 50% of lineups that I build. So unfortunately, there's no way to do that. So you can either have like 100% if you add only four players. If you have more players that you're comfortable with, I would add those players to the group rule to give the group rule some more flexibility. That way some players do indeed get left out or you could set a min exposure to those players and it's you're going to have plenty of lineups with all four of them used. So not an exact way, a couple ways to get close to what you're looking for, but that's how I would go about it for the time being. And you know what I'll do here is I will put in a feature request for the ability in our V2 of the lineup rules to be able to say like hey, you know, apply rule x to x percent of lineups. So you know, uh, I'm going to put that in and um, I think it would be a really neat feature. So just making a note for myself here to add that to, to the, to the log to be reviewed for features in the future. Okay. Question here from Skull. Hey, Andrew, can you go over research builds for NBA DraftKings? What information do I even look at when I am doing the 0010 research build? So Skull, you know, kind of touched on a really similar question that came in just a little bit ago. I believe that one came in from, let's see, let's see, uh, from Danny Pickham. If you just rewind a little bit, kind of talked about uh, research builds and the difference between research builds and test builds. Really what you're just looking for is you're telling the builder, you know, give me ownership and correlation agnostic lineups trying to get as close to the sim optimals as possible. And what you're really looking for is like leverage. I think this is a topic that uh, Jordan kind of talked about on Friday when he was having some internet issues is, you know, let's say like we did this, right. And um, the, the, the topic was 
um, like false value or like faulty value or, or I think it was fragile. Fragile value was the term that Uncrabby Cabby used. And I think it's like a pretty cool like concept overall. So, you know, you take like these, these high value guys, right? So we're just going to sort by value for the sake of this. And what you want to say is like, you know, is this value play still a strong play if I decrease their projection by, you know, 10% to start? And I'm going to use it with Usman. And it's mostly because their raw point projection is still low, even though they match up well on a point per dollar basis. So if I were to decrease this by like two points, I'm going to say, you know, 18.8. Like, wow, where did where where did he go? So, oh, okay, that dropped his value, but it didn't look like it adjusted his exposure very much. So so that's like a perfect way. So it's like, okay, you know, for Garuba, we're going to do it one more time. He's he's at 85%. If I adjust his projection down by two points, which is 10%, you know, we, we only lost two lineups with him. So, like, his value is not that fragile. But, you know, sometimes you'll come in here and you'll do this exercise and somebody will just, like, significantly drop like way, way down. And that is what I would consider fragile value. So I think that, you know, you can use a, a 0010 build to try and determine if people are indeed fragile value or not. Another thing I think that you can do is just come in here and look at like your entire pool and see that, you know, are these players, you know, essentially if you look at the whole pool, that is a, uh, you're, you're basically trying to determine like if they are valuable across the slate and 500 lineup pool is a small sample size for that. But you know, you're saying that like, Hey, Olenek is coming in at 38% owned and he is optimal in 62% of our slate simulations from this pool of 500 that we uh, pulled from the Sims. And so, you know, like his value is really good matched up like, um, he basically pays off his ownership. So you're really looking at like leverage in the positive and negative directions. You know, are there any players that are like highly owned, like Devin of the cell that just don't get there as often. And so like, I'd say like leverage and fragile value are really two things that uh research build can kind of help you determine. So those are things to think about. Let me know if you have any follow-up there. I'm going to hit this next question from GM Knight says, how many games does the projection system adjust for rookies slash injured players in NBA? It seems that the projections are not aggressive enough. So, you know, uh, GM Knight, um, I can, I can say that, you know, for, for, you know, rookies are, are particularly hard to project, you know, across the industry. I think as more games get played, those uh, player like, trends and stats become more reliable and more consistent and we can project them better, but you know, so can other people. So I think that, you know, that's just like a common thing with rookies. Um, it takes like some time to get the statistics, uh, you know, just, they gotta, they gotta play games. They gotta play games and, and they have, to, we have to see how they do and we have to see it over a certain sample size. And, you know, it's pretty common for rookies to be projected better the further into the season we go. So 
if, and you know, to, to comment on your question, if you don't think we're being aggressive enough with some of these adjustments, I think it's totally okay. That's like a, that's like a great spot to add value. It's like, Hey, you know, these players are pretty hard to project early in the season. I understand that. And I want to take the stance that say that uh, I want to be more aggressive with their point projections, especially early in the season. I think it's a great value add. I think it's something you can totally do in the app. And I don't think you're losing a lot by doing that. If that's the the way you want to go. So, you know, really like stepping back, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. It's like at the end of the night, do I want to say like, Oh my gosh, I knew I should have done this thing. And why didn't I do it? I'm such an idiot. Or do you want to be like, okay, you know, I took a shot on a spot where I thought I had like an angle and it didn't work out. You know, it happens. I'll either, you know, try it again or I'll dial it back and try it from a different angle or not use that approach anymore. So, you know, at the end of the day, do you want to be kicking yourself for saying, I knew I should have done something? Or do you want to try and say, hmm, didn't work out. Okay, there's always tomorrow. That's why we preach bankroll management. That's why we have the DFS profit plan. So you could take some of those shots and not go busto and get right back on the horse again tomorrow. So just something that I've been thinking about personally a lot is that, you know, don't be afraid to take a shot where you think you have a spot or an angle to take. I think it's totally okay. All right. Going down in YouTube chat, see a question from Cavi says, Hey, Andrew, one of the other services has a boom bus tool. How would you use SaberSim to create a boom bus tool? Okay. So, you know, I'm familiar with the tool you're thinking about. What I would do is, you know, we have these awesome percentiles down here. I think that these percentiles are, you know, very, very good and they are taken from our simulations. And, you know, we have this range of outcomes. All the percentiles are doing are finding the point where this person has their 95th percentile outcome and showing it to you here. I think that this is a great way and a better way to try and kind of determine what someone's ceiling can be at different ranges. This is like really detailed and you can compare it by position. You can compare it by salary for like a salary range, you know? So like maybe you want to um, look at like salary and like you see somebody like Jason Tatum, excuse me, a little sick. Um, you know, you want to see someone like Jason Tatum and like his, you know, percentile at the 95th is the same as Jokic's and he's like a thousand dollars less at a different position. So maybe you, you say, you know, okay, I want to pay up at the small forward slash power forward position and not be so concerned about paying up at the center position. So like, that's one way to think about it. Um, I think that, you know, taking advantage of our range of outcomes, taking advantage of SIM diversity and looking at the percentiles is a very good way to try and kind of understand what players' projections or potential outcomes at their highest ranges are. And I want to, you know, re-stress the fact that, especially when we're building uh, basketball lineups, we were, I'm going to change this, that, you know, we are using upside correlation. So the correlation that we are taking is not from players' uh, 
average range of outcomes or from their 25th percentile outcomes. We are weighing heavier the correlations when these players do indeed get those higher point outcomes in the simulations. So, you know, upside correlation, sim diversity, ranges of outcomes. I think all of these things are, you know, our version of the boom bust tool and a uh, very sophisticated version for that matter. So that's the way I would think about it. And uh, let me know if you have any follow-up there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, looks like there was just some back and forth on this particular topic. How often a player will appear in optimal versus his ownership. And, you know, that kind of like goes back to like our research bill, our 0010, just taking the a single slate optimals correlation and ownership agnostic. Okay. Skull asks, how to lock in players when late swapping? Okay, so, you know, the 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 answer to the question is that you would come in here and you would either hit lock or you would increase their min exposure to 100%. I know that there have been some issues using these tools that the team is aware of. So, you know, if you're not getting to as much of a player in late swap as you want, what I would do is I would just come in here and increase their projection and run a late swap, see if you're getting as much as you want. If you're not, come in here, increase their projection further. So for the moment, you're going to have to use the projections for maintaining late swap exposure. It's not like the best way to do it, but for the time being, it is indeed a workaround. So that's how I would do that. Okay, next question from Patrick. Patrick said, do you like to put an ownership filter for a large NBA slate, like a 1% own? I noticed the default have a 10 point projection filter. Okay. So Patrick, you know, if you, if you want to do that, I think it's like totally okay. I think that ownership in NBA is typically like warranted. If somebody is getting a lot of ownership, it's usually for a good reason. And inversely, you know, if somebody's not getting any ownership, it's probably because they're a really bad place. So if you want to curate your player pool further using a rule, like a player must be 1% owned. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. If you want to adjust the point projection that you see in here, up or down, depending on what you want to do, I think that's also okay. This is set to 13. I know Max, when Max was on with Jordan said that he likes to increase this to 18 to do player pool curation. So, you know, a lot of different ways to go about it. I would suggest trial and error. See if, you know, putting the filter you want, you still get lineups that you're comfortable with at the bottom ranges of your pool. And, you know, if you set it and you don't like it, you know, mess around with it, try different things. Uh, you can throw a question in the Discord and NBA you know, a lot of different people do a lot of different things. You'll get some great ideas in there and people are always willing to discuss, you know, different aspects of their process. So, you know, I've started to like adjust this based on the slate size is usually something that I like to do, De increase or decrease basing based on the number of games, but, um, it's still something that I'm working through. I would never, uh, say don't, uh, follow Max Steinberg and his advice. Max is a great player and continues to crush week in, week out. So, uh, you know, uh, increasing it to do player pool curation is totally okay as well. Okay, guys, running on to the, like, last couple questions here. If there's anything that you want to get into the chat uh, to discuss today, get it in now or else we will uh, finish up these last couple questions and be right back here tomorrow. So 
Question here from Terp Burglar said, what if you have an out, what if you out a, put a rule to play those players together like a stack and then put them all to a 50% exposure? Okay, so this is referring to the question that we answered about um, setting a rule for, you know, a certain number of like core players. The only the only issue is like you, you could do a rule saying like, hey, uh, use these four players together, but then it'll be in every lineup. So then you won't have any more lineups in the pool that doesn't have those players. So that's like the the challenge there. You know, if you're if you're okay getting your hands dirty in CSVs, what what you could do is you could build a build a lineup pool with your group of four, and you know maybe you're building 150 lineups, and you build 75 there, and then you do a second build with that rule checked off, build another 75 lineups, and then go into your CSV and combine the two. If you're comfortable doing that, uh, that's one way to do it for the time being. But um, other than that, you know, those, the workarounds we went over are probably the best way of getting there. But, you know, Turb, I appreciate you, you know, uh, trying to think through the problem, but that's kind of the limitation there. Uh, Skull said, thank you for the, for the, for the answer. Happy, happy to answer any and all questions. Joseph said, can I set a rule so that my QBs won't have their opposing defense in the same lineup? Or do I have to do every QB individually? Okay, Joseph. So if we are going to NFL, and we're going to toggle over here. So I guess it depends what you're building for. If you are building for the main slate, which which you know if you're if you're here, you can clarify for me. So if you come in the main slate, what you can do is you know it says allow players versus opposing defense. So this is always turned off. So, you know, if you have like, so like this accounts for your quarterback question. If you do not want to play a quarterback against the defense, this is turned off by default. So that will never appear in your lineups unless you manually toggle that on. So that's like the trick for main slates. If you're talking about a showdown slate, like the one tonight, which you might be, what you can do is you can come in here, you create a group rule. You could say auto interesting maybe you can't say auto uh i think what you would have to do is you would have to create two group rules and say you know if you do an if then so if at least one and then let's say you know we'll use mac jones as an example so mac jones in the captain and the flex then use no more than zero secondary players and then you would just put your defenses in here and then you would just put um, the Chicago D. And since this is a showdown, you know, you only have to do this twice. So it's not as big of a headache. But that's just because DraftKings treats all positions as flex in this game type. So that's why you can't, you know, do it by position. You have to do it by flex or captain. So you're saying, you know, if I use Mac Jones and either the captain or the flex, then do not use the bears in either the captain or the flex. And then you could do that twice. But the other rule, which is like the more tedious one for the main slates is how you do that. And I, I saw that, you know, you said for the main and showdown as well. So we got to both of those, you know, happy to answer the question anytime. All right. Next question from John. John said, 
if you end up making a lot of exposure changes, even if the pool is able to fill the requirements, does it make sense to still, still send the exposures back home and build again using the new exposures for 150 max or maybe 20 max? Okay, John, really good question. I would say at the moment with the issues with, with um, you know, the, the min exposures here, I would say, you know, handling it in step three is the best case scenario. I think if the build you're using is getting you the exposures that you want without the I can't meet your exposures message, use that build and use the exposures that you're getting in that build. I don't think there's a reason to send it home unless you're unable to get what you want. So, you know, if you are able to get what you want, use the build you have. If you're not able to get it, then send it home. It would be my best advice, especially at the moment. Okay, hopping back over to Discord. I see this question here from Texas Illini. And this is our last question at the moment. So get any more questions in the queue if you want to keep the stream going today. Question says, as a follow-up to the 95th percent question, if I use that, should I redo after redo that after sims are updated? If not, I assume if I don't do this, those custom projections will be used until I either reset them altogether. Same question when I go to late swap. Do I need to reset the projections? Okay. So, you know, it sounds like you're using this Texas Illini. So the answer is like, yes, this is a custom projection once you sort by that. So, but, but, okay, we're going to, we're going to try this out. So let's go back to NBA because I don't think it'll go home technically. So, you know, what I, what I mean is just because you change the exposures in this tab, the exposures will not get sent home unless you send them home. So if I come in here and I change it to 95th, unless I hit send projections to the home screen, these will only be the projections in this screen. So that means if we go home and new Sims run, the projections will be updated like normally because your custom projection is not here. It's in, it's only in that one build. So as long as you don't send the projections home, if, if any new Sims run, the projections will indeed be updated accordingly. And you don't have to worry about resetting the custom projection in the build because as long as you don't send it home. So that's the best way to think about it. And, um, you know, there's like no way to set the projection to the 95th percentile in the home screen. So you don't have to worry about it for late swap. Okay. Question from John. Is there a plan to do live running exposures? Like 50% would mean one in every two players instead of just five over 10 overall. Okay. John, not sure what you mean by live running exposures. Um, you know, if you like have a file and then you update it. So like, let's say, you know, we have this basketball file, right? And then these are the exposures that we have. So then if I were to fill my entries, um, I don't have any entries for this. So we'll do, so like, let's say, you know, I filled my entries and then these are my exposures. If I run a late swap, so when, so, okay, this is just like a note for late swap. So when you run a late swap, and you hit this button here, and then the slate has not started. Late. Are you sure you want to late swap? Yes. So then you know I would I would run my settings. I would run my lineups. 
since I don't have a file, I can't do this right now. But if I were to run my lineups, when you are in the build, it'll give you the option for late swap to just download your lineup file in the top right corner. Uh, when you hit download, SaberSim is taking that as, okay, you are now using these lineups and it will update your entries file. So if you were to go back to entries, it'll show your new exposures based on your late swap because you downloaded it. So as soon as you hit download in an, in a late swap build, you are telling SaberSim that these are your new lineups and it will adjust your exposures in the entry editor. So, you know, a little follow-up here said, so like if my player is put in the first lineup in the builder, wouldn't be able to put him in the next lineup with running exposures at 50% max. Okay. So, you know, I think this is referring to like the min and max exposure issue. So, you know, you, you are correct that, that, you know, that is how we have described how it works in the past. I think it works a little differently now which is why uh, we are having some, some issues with it. But, you know, the, the, uh, at the end of the day, you know, the devs understand like how it works and, and what the limitations are. So they are working to kind of uh, work it back into, into the builder logic. So I wouldn't think too much about it. You know, it's, it's very high on our radar to fix and we should be doing something in the very near future to allow you to get back to using those, uh, features the way the way you used to but you know in the meantime the my projection adjustments as like a uh, last resort after increasing pool size after doing it in step three is your is your best bet but but no i understand exactly what you're talking about john and um you know to 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 avoid the clumping you know the the menu uniques is like by far the best option but um you know that being said everybody that was our last question uh, long stream today. Happy to hit all the questions that came in one, you know, while I was gone and over the weekend, happy to be back in the saddle. Good luck today in all of your contests. Looks like we got the first NBA game kicking off in the next 45 minutes here. Got the NFL showdown kicking off in about two hours. Good luck. If you ever having any problems, the team is always around in discord, pop a message into the support. Someone will get back to you right away. And good luck in all of your entries. I will see you all back here tomorrow, same time, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Eastern. Until then, see ya.